Hey everybody, welcome back. Just the two of us podcast with me, John. I am Nate. And it's just the two of us. Except tonight, we have a special guest, R.J. Duden. What's up guys, how you doing? Good, 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 good. Hey, welcome in. It's been a while. Too long. It's been a minute. What do you, uh, what do you got going on lately? Not much. Not much. Had a good, uh, a good winter season. Got out on the ice fishing quite a bit. Oh yeah. And uh, just getting ready to open up the summer business. Hager Heights Drive-In for the year. Oh That's yeah. Coming up pretty quick. Hey, last time I spoke to you, actually, it was probably like two phone calls ago, but you were sniffing around a sled. Did you buy that one? I did buy that sled. You yep. did get it. I did. Nice. Yep. That was a 2019. 21. Way off. Do you, do you need like an extra long trailer to haul that thing? Uh, it's almost 13 feet long. Yeah, no. that's a big sled. The yeah, Titans are? Yep. I don't yep. think I even knew that. What size track, or what length track 155 is 155 on them. Yeah. But it's like an 18 But there's like wide. seat 20 wide. 20 wide. Oh. Track See, stands for days, boys. I don't know if you'll do it. <laughs> See, that's oh, it'll do it. <laughs> that's is, that a pro- is that proven? Uh, personally, it, no, but. It will be. It will be. YouTube yeah. says. Yeah. YouTube says it will do it. Yeah, that's one of those sleds I don't know a ton about because there just isn't, like, they're not that popular. Yeah. Not in I, a bad way, just nobody needs that much utility. Yeah, especially around here. I I couldn't yeah. find any around here, really. I think they're pretty prevalent in Alaska, Maine, up in Canada, that sort of uh, clientele, so to speak. Yeah, so it's a 2021 Players Titan 800. Yep. Liquid-cooled. Liquid cool to uh, heated, heated seat, heated seat, heated, no, uh, no heated, heated, seat. No heated, heated feet. Seat. I thought they came stock with heated seats. Nope, nope, that's an add on. Oh, will it know. be added on? Absolutely not. No, oh, so you bought yeah. the LT version. I've oh, got yeah. plenty of light, uh, plenty of insulation on me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that's a sweet buy, but you, you haven't got to use it at all, have you? I have not, no. no. I thought about uh, loading it up and heading out to North Dakota over the weekend. but Oh, yeah, they I got a lot of think it's gonna happen. They got a lot of snow out there. They got a ton of snow. I was just looking at some photos, and they had 15, 20-foot-high drifts across roads and in people's yards. And that's looks, nuts. And that's the last round of stuff they got? This last round of stuff, yeah. A couple of days ago? Yep. 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 Nasty. I'm kind of over it. Winter? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we kind of got teased for a few days, we and got, then it shut it down again. Yeah, like two weeks ago, it was 60. Oh, my then gosh. it's just been crap. It was so nice. So, RJ, you just briefly mentioned the restaurant, Hager Heights. What's the official name? Hager Heights Drive-In. It is. Yep, Hager Heights Drive-In. But also known as, a.k.a. the <clears throat> Cluck Bucket, Chicken Shack. Chicken Charlie's. Chicken Charlie's, yep. yep. Dirty Mike and the Boys. Yes, there is quite a. There few. are. It's so w- weird. There's so many names for that place. Like, there's not many restaurants around that have that many names, aliases, and that many nicknames. Right. But I think that's a, f- a factor of being in Wisconsin. Yeah, they can't uh, read. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. He just had to make up a name. Easy. Come on now, I'm a new resident. <laughs> yeah, RJ. yeah, he's a Wisconsinite. How are things up on the hill, RJ? Uh, windy currently. Yeah. Very windy. Got a b- batten down the hatches up there. Yeah, it blows pretty good. You definitely got to uh, make sure things are tied down and put away. And But it's good. Lots of fresh air. I have yet to make it up there. I haven't seen the place yet. I know, and I think John only saw it once, if I remember right, and that was really early in the, pretty to in our the part. stages. So I got there after 
the yeah i got there when that thing was just studs but you still had the old siding on just to hold sure. it together yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. but no you had everything ripped out of there it was studs yeah, yeah it was tore apart with it uh it was quite the project but it took us about a year to get it done and and we're in now we've been in for two years this spring and two years great. already yeah nice. wow that's crazy, crazy. We, so you're, you're kind of done with it then done as yeah. far as remodeling stuff done, you're doing? done remodeling yep yes nice. everything's put together inside outside the house that whole deal and uh yeah did you add an attached garage to that one no 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 that's kind of in the works we'd like to do that add uh add another bedroom and a attached garage in the future but probably not anytime too soon so essentially rj bought um how many acres is that uh it is five five acres it's kind of an old farmstead yeah an old 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 place so what you but what you bought was five acres of uh, grass, right? There, Basically, was there any yep. tillable there? There in your five? Yeah, there's about two acres that are kind of tillable, or you could till. Okay. Um, I've used those two acres now for food plots the last couple of years. Yep. Kind of playing around with that with the chasing the white tails around, but uh, but yeah. So you hunt there? I don't hunt there. No. Okay. No. No. Yeah. So he, I was just kind of paraphrasing this whole deal in case yeah. anyone's catching up on rj bought the place um what is your uh, according to your uh zip over there what are you uh, uh bay city bay city yep so up on top of the hill um old farmstead nice little house gutted the house um remanufactured that whole thing i mean pretty much all new except for the studs yeah pretty much yeah we uh all the studs are original. Um, most of the sheeting on the outside was in pretty good shape, but uh, everything else, yeah, the whole the whole nine yards, yep, got done. Yeah, I think I saw some of the flooring you were rebuilding too, or trying to level out that. It originally was like a three season porch or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was kind of a mess. Yeah, there but was anyways. stuff moving all over the place and settling, and but super nice little spot up there. House looks good now. We did swing in one day. You just weren't there. We were up at uh, Kurt and Eddie's. We swung by on our way home. Sure. But you guys weren't around, so we just, uh, walked, just kicked the door walked in around in the yeah. house a bit, you know, and then left. Right. Yeah. I yeah. think I locked yeah. the door in. Yeah. But left anyways. The windows open. Yeah. <laughs> there's an old silo sitting on the property. There is an old barn slab. Yep. And then a shop. Yeah, shop. Yeah, the shop is uh, 40 by 23. Um, old, old building. It feels bigger than that, though. It does, yeah. Is it's, that just the shop area, or is that including the kind of office thing they built, too? Um, that's including kind of the office space, too. Okay. Um, the office space is basically the full depth of the building, 23 by, uh, it's right around 13 12, feet 13, wide, yeah. I believe. Yeah, 12. Yep. Yeah, that, well, and they were, what were they selling out of there? It was kind of, the office setup, it was kind of cool. They had pegboard in there and kind of a, de- uh, not a, de- a counter. Yeah, yep. Stuff. There was an old counter, um, kind of a storage room for. I believe, I had heard through the grapevine that, way back in the day, it was a, uh, basically an old mechanic shop. Um, oh, okay. So they worked on vehicles there for some time. I know sure. when we went to check the place out, they had a lot of cabinet making equipment in there and wood and okay. a bunch of various stuff. So I'm not sure if they did woodworking too for the past however many years, but yeah. Got everything cleaned out and organized, and now it's now it's my zone. Nice, Perfect. the auto zone. <laughs> not that. No, not that. And you had a, when I was up there, you had a two post. You were kind of 
playing around with putting in. Did you get that put in? Yep, the two post is in. Two post is up and in. Um, redid all the lighting in there. Uh, just this last fall, I got a furnace, an AC unit set, and everything up in the attic. So that's all taken care of. Now I got kind of climate controlled for all my stuff. And Perfect. Yeah, it's worked out good. Sounds like a nice nice shop. It is a nice shop, yeah. What kind of what kind of project we got in there right now, RJ? What 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 now? What kind of project are you working on in there? Ah, right now, kind of getting stuff ready for food plot season coming up this spring. Uh, still playing a little bit with the ice fishing stuff. Nice. Uh, picking up that sled here just a few weeks ago. While everything's still fresh in my memory, I'd like to kind of get that set up and uh, ready for hard water season. So I'm ready to go for next year, but uh, so you're kind of getting things set up on the sled, like on the for sled, hauling yeah. your hauling your gear. Yeah, yep, changing things up a little bit. Um, I want to build a couple of a rack for the front and a rack for the back, and absolutely um, a hitch on it, some lighting stuff, and got my GPS and everything mounted on it so I can find all my spots out there. So wheat. <clears throat> Where uh, where'd you do most of the fishing this year? Uh, most of the fishing I did this year was on Lake Pepin, um, on the Maiden Rock side and as well over on the Frontenac side and basically everywhere in between there. Um, I did get up to Lake of the Woods the day after Christmas. I went up there and spent a week up there with my uncle and we caught it, caught some good fish up there. It was a good time, but, uh, yeah, mainly around here. Was the whole time on Lake of the Woods a good time, RJ? Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the adventure um to say the least we uh we did catch fish and it was a it was a good time but uh yeah was there a was there a snowmobile breakdown is that what i can't remember the story there was a sled breakdown okay um they were close to like cooking each other and just oh like like they were each gonna chop off one leg and barbecue yeah yeah yeah. like like that family that got stuck in the past luckily someone showed up just in time (laughs) they were just getting the bone saw yeah yeah. (laughs) they were looking up recipes for human flesh (laughs) So, day after Christmas, I uh, jumped in the truck with my uncle, and we headed up to Lake of the Woods uh, to do some fishing for five days, I believe, we were going to go up there. And uh, long story short, we second day up there, we jumped on the sleds. We are going to try to get out to Knights and Bridges Islands, and those are like 18 miles out onto the lake, um, fairly close to the Canada border. But I uh, had heard that fishing was good up there. So we jumped on the sleds, early season, not much snow, uh, the ice was really rough, so it was it was slow going, uh, it took us a good two hours to get out to that area, and uh, set up, fish for most of the day, come four o'clock or so, we decided, well, let's start getting packed up, getting ready to go, we got a long ride back in the dark, and first guy goes out, starts his sled, uh, the second guy goes out, not going to mention whose sled broke down. <laughs> and what time do you think this is? Uh, this is roughly 4, 4 to 4.30. So we just were just pushing kind of the sun starting to set a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's getting kind of close to dark. We'd have a little bit of daylight left to get kind of everything packed up and, and ready to go. And um, the trail was well marked um, on the way out of there, so it wasn't too big of a deal to uh, leave in the dark. But uh, So anyway, yeah, we 4.30 decided yeah let's let's pack up let's get ready and uh the first guy goes out sled starts right up um a little backstory to that the weather is 
I think the high that day was like negative 12, negative 13. Oh, yeah. oh man. So it was cold. Um, the wind had just kind of started picking up. There was snow on its way. So the second guy goes out, cranks on the sled, cranks on the sled, cranks on the sled, not starting. And we're going, oh, this is not what we're looking forward to, but. Not a big deal, you know. It's uh Yeah, we we can figure it out. Yeah. It couldn't be that know, bad. It's you know, we'll just we'll just pull it into the shop here and uh <laughs> yeah. warm it up quick and what did you have? you had some pop up tents or something to, to warm up in? Yep, so we had two uh two flip over ice shack shelters and uh so anyway we had four guys total, two snowmobiles and then the two ice shacks. So we thought, well, we'll mess around with the sled, see if we can get it going, you know, that's kind of our best uh situation to get it fired up and going yep so we messed around with that for it it was an hour um it was just about six and we kind of made the call well sled's not going it's not gonna go um four stroke snowmobile no recoil on it batteries are getting low that you know so yeah um we kind of made the call to all right two guys are gonna jump on the running snowmobile uh, hook onto one ice shack, head back to the cabin, drop one guy off. Um, we had another snowmobile on the trailer back at the resort we were staying at. So the plan kind of was to send the first two guys back. They would both ride a snowmobile back out. The other two guys could jump on, and we would just leave the dead sled out there until morning. But you're talking, what, 20 miles? <clears throat> yeah, it's it two hours, like 18 miles. Um, so we knew either way, you know, it's six o'clock. The first two guys are going to leave. It's going to be eight ish before they get back, get the other sled unloaded, ready. Brutal. They're going to be back out our way around 10 ish at night. And, uh, you know, we'll be good to go. So, uh, two of us stayed. I was one of the two. We stayed out, uh, before those guys left, we decided, well, let's kind of shoehorn the, the non-running snowmobile in the shelter with us and try to get some heat on it just see if it maybe go if it warmed up you know 20 degrees 30 degrees whatever so we uh got that kind of shoehorned in and cozied up and tucked all our extra coats and covers and stuff in the cracks to keep the air out turn the heat on and and we just kind of hung out um the fishing definitely turns off after dark so there's not much we could really do fortunately we had good enough cell service that um the other guy pulled up i think it was netflix or something on his phone so nice. we were watching movies you know yeah past the time we had a few few beverages and a few snacks to hold us over so um about 9:45 ish um i had to step out and take a leak and uh i thought well they should be coming back here pretty quick. We should be able to see their headlights from a ways. Right. And uh, at that point, the wind was definitely blowing, and it had started snowing. So not not ideal conditions, but uh, definitely not warming up either. Right. <coughs> so anyway, um, I stepped out to take a leak, and I'm looking, and oh, by golly, I can see a headlight coming. And I'm going, well, why is there only one headlight coming? Well, whatever, at least he's on his way. I kind of grabbed my headlamp and, and shined over his way. We were Where we were fishing at, we were a ways off of the actual main trail, so it could have been kind of difficult to find exactly where we were in the dark on the way back type of a deal. 
But uh, anyway, he saw my headlamp, came over, and it was it was just my uncle on the sled. And we kind of, well, what happened, you know? Yeah. Well, we unloaded the other sled, and the battery was dead, so we went to jumpstart it, and something shorted out on the... The good running sled. On the good running sled. Oh, no. So they did get the sled that was on the trailer running. So now we're, you know, out of three sleds, we're down to one. And uh, no matter what we do, we're not fitting three guys on the one snowmobile to get out. So at that point it was, well, let's let's push the dead snowmobile out of the shack and uh, try to conserve some propane, uh, which we were definitely running low on at the time oh no sounds like a recipe for disaster (laughs) so i kind of uh i don't know i kind of said hey i'll stay you know i don't have kids um you guys are older like you're gonna so this is this is what's running through your mind right now i think i can make the night you know with all my gear inside a shelter and uh was just concerned for the other guys too you know so now it's it's 10 o'clock now and I know, okay, those two are going to head back at 10, not get back to the house until midnight, turn around, come back out again to pick me up. No, dude. And uh, 2 a.m. they get back out there. 2 a.m. they're showing back oh, up type God. of deal. If everything goes right. If, if <laughs> they nothing don't... else breaks down. <laughs> yeah, they short the something else out. Yeah, so it was, uh, so they took off. And, and long story short, they made it back out, um, picked me up, picked the shack up left the dead snowmobile there and uh yeah we made it back i think it was 3 three thirty. i was uh back at the cabin sleeping and uh get up at first light the next day and jump on the one running snowmobile and uh head back out to get the the dead one yep and uh the plan was just tow it back just tow it back yeah yep um we did think, well, it might start, so we did bring a jump pack with us just in case, it, you know, for whatever reason it would start. Right. And uh, so, yeah, got back out there. Uh, the other two guys stayed at the resort, went and got some parts for the other sled that they had, you know, broken in the whole process. Yep. And they had, you know, by the time we got back with the dead one, they had theirs up and running again. So we were we were good to go, and that was the, the final day of our trip. So we... Uh, we fished hard that day and got in the truck and drove the eight hours back home again. <laughs> did you did you have propane the whole time you're waiting out there till friggin' uh, midnight? So I did, yeah. Um, when the last two guys left and I was the only one out there, I put all my warm stuff back on. Yep. Um, at that time, we had obviously pushed the sled out of the shelter, uh, so I banked the snow all around the shelter um, to keep it kind of airtight, and then I just kind of cycled the heater on and off on and off i mean we're we're getting low i definitely would not have made it until daylight but um but being, was, yeah what was the last running sled uh the last running sled was like a 0203 yamaha two up four stroke sled so you could have fit three people on it um three healthy gentlemen i'm talking about oh <laughs> well then isn't your foldout isn't your foldout shack a sled yeah, but he, he said the trails were rough. So, oh. yeah, the trails were not ideal. Um, we probably could have, one guy could have jumped on the, the ice shack itself and tried to kind of ride that back, but I I think our two-hour trip would have turned into, you know, three. You would have got back the same time anyways. Yeah, I mean, some of the heaves out there that we had to go around were, 
you know, six, seven feet high where the ice had heaved up together and oh, yeah. just kind of forms big pressure ridges. So you got to, you know, you can't just haul the mail straight right. across. You definitely got to go around and zig and zag through those. And, and, uh, yeah. So yeah, long story short, I had enough propane to make it until he made it back out to pick me up and, and long story short, RG's got a new snowmobile. Uh, long story short, <laughs> I uh, yeah made the wise decision of buying a snowmobile in April, and uh, so now I can sit in my garage and I can stare at it for six months. Yep. you know, but yeah, know we can sit and laugh about it now, but that could actually get uh, that could go bad real fast. Yeah, were you sitting in- out there in the middle of the Lake of the Woods by yourself? Yeah, were you in survival mode at that point? So I so I had cell service. Um, I had cell service. I had my Garmin inReach with me, so even if I didn't have cell service, I technically could have called for rescue. Basically, um, I was I was definitely comfortable where I was in the shack, out of the elements. You know, the wind at this point's blowing 25, 30, gusting even higher than that, and you're talking wind chills 30, 40, 50 below zero. Yeah. Um, I guess my main concern was my uncle going back and forth um you know if that sled breaks down nine miles out onto the lake right you're there's there's nothing nobody's fishing in that area yeah nobody's on the trail that late at night you're that guy's definitely um the one in in bad bad times you know yeah yeah that's true he probably had a little rougher that's a lot of did he make all the trips he made all the trips yep yep so he yeah I don't remember how many miles it ended up being, but I know we talked about it. And he's like, it's been quite a while since I put that many miles on in, in one, you know, trip. Yeah, um, more, than, more than miles at seat time, too. Oh, right, sitting yeah. On, sitting on a snowmobile for eight hours. Back and forth and back and forth, That's yeah. brutal. Yep. So do you know what they have for, like, rescue teams in that area? Um, I don't know, per se, what they have for rescue teams. I know a lot of the resorts have their big Bombardier um, snow tracks, snow bears. Um, I'm assuming most of those guys are on call that, uh, kind of know, you know, where things are in the lake, how it's laid out, how to get there, you know? So there's definitely, definitely people that would come and, and save a guy, you know? Yeah. Does that make you rethink the, the gear you pack now? Um, yeah, I will be, you know, trips like that. A guy definitely has to bring, you know, more propane. Um, it just, it's tough to say. Um, most guys don't do trips like that by themselves. You know, you usually always want to have more than one snowmobile or at least more than one person with you um, just in case, you know. But, uh, yeah, there. I think things would be done a little bit differently in the future, for me anyway. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it seemed like you're pretty well equipped, though. Yeah, we were ready. Um, it's pretty amazing the gear that's out there now for for fishermen and snowmobilers, and and uh, you know as far as being out of the elements and have the right gear on, you can you can definitely survive some pretty cold temperatures comfortably. Yep. Right. Um, not saying if I had to spend the night, ran out of propane, I wouldn't be very comfortable but right i definitely wouldn't be worried about not making it type of deal what's a finger or two yeah yeah right right what's frostbite yeah yeah not what i think of when i think of ice fishing no not at all like the extreme end of it yeah that's a big lake too yeah oh it's a big it's not just your yeah yeah yep yep 
Yeah, and there's nothing. Like I say, there's, you know, where we were, uh, the Canadian border is just to the east of us about a mile. And there's no roads, no towns, no n- nothing to the east of you. Um, to head north to the nearest, to Garden Island or um, the northwest angle, you're talking another 20 miles plus. Yep. Um, and most of the guys... Most of the resorts and wheelhouses, uh, those type of guys, they were only out three to four miles from the from the shoreline. So it's not like there's anybody, you know, in between or right. You're either you're at A or B or C, not yeah anywhere in between. So crazy. But there were fish somewhere out there. Yes, there was. There was fish. We did catch fish. Um, it's always, you always wish you caught more, but we definitely caught fish. It was a good time. I would go with the same crew again in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, that's, that's a bonding experience right there. No, it was, it was good. You don't forget that. (coughs) So RJ, as me and Nate, um, sold this podcast, we were, uh, inviting friends on to talk about maybe career paths or, or business or different opportunities that. Uh, people might be interested in and we started talking about Hager Heights the restaurant before we got into ice fishing yeah so we must be sneaking up on opening day here pretty quick I mean I know it's usually a guarded secret yeah it's uh we shoot for April uh sometime in April to open kind of kind of depends upon weather um you know anything can happen where we are minnesota wisconsin border um you know like we talked about earlier it was 70 degrees two weekends ago and now it's i think it's 20 degrees outside and snowing and yesterday it hailed and are there people waiting in the drive-thru yet um it it is constant yeah we've been there cleaning (laughs) and and doing stuff and the phone just keeps ringing over and over and over and yeah facebook messages from folks wondering when we're gonna open are we gonna open that whole deal but yeah it's it's just about time what is the uh do you mind running us through the history of the restaurant? Yeah, for sure. So the restaurant was built in nineteen sixty. Um it was my grandmother's cousin who first put the building up, started the business there. Um I believe they ran the business for around five years i believe it was and at that point my grandmother and grandfather took it over um sometime around 65 ish um and after that uh, they ran it all the way until grandpa passed away here oh 12 years ago i want to say okay um so when he passed away my parents uh bought it from my grandmother then and they've been running it ever since then is Brenda still around? Brenda is still around. Yep, she's doing great. Good. She bought a uh, like a little stuffed kind of blanky thing for Keston when he was born. Oh, sure. And we yep, still got yep. it. Yep. Oh, cool. It was just, you know, it was just nice because it's not like I was ever that close with your grandma, but yep, she was thoughtful enough to get that for us. Yeah, she. I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't uh, crochet it or knit it herself. Could have been. Yeah. How old do you think your grandpa was when he took over in '65? That's a great question. Like close to your age now? I would say so. Crazy to think about, isn't it? It is crazy to think about, yeah. Yeah, many moons ago. Many, many moons. 
How long? Uh, I mean, how old were you when you when you walked in? Oh gosh, I well, there's pictures of me not walking in there, <laughs> sitting on the counter, and, wearing his diapers. Yeah, yeah right. yep, yep. Um, but yeah, I want to say I started. I suppose 12, 13, kind of helping here and there. Not definitely not any major roles with anything, but helping out and doing this and that in between school and everything else. And obviously get into high school, fast forward 14, 15, 16, you know, definitely more there during the summertime and, and getting some hours in and, and learning, learning the way. And you still haven't managed to get yourself fired. I know, I know. I, I try every now and again, and it, it just doesn't happen. I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. They just they just keep bringing you back. Just can't just let me go. more punishment. Yeah. They don't even ask them. They just tell them one time to show up. Yeah, just come yeah. come on this day. Hey, meet me at the restaurant. So I think like family-owned and family-ran businesses can get kind of stressful um, between family members once in a while. Do you think that um, being closed through the winter helps that dynamic at all? So I, you're not you know working... 24 7 with each other i do think it helps yeah yep um i you know i gotta say i'm very fortunate that everybody in the family gets along really well we know hey when it's time to go back to work it's time to go back to work there's no yeah put in the work yeah there's no pettiness to it i mean we all get along great um it it just works um i think we've been doing it you know it's everything i can ever remember our summers have always been this way so it's not it's not a big shock to the system or anything. It's just sure. kind of, it feels normal to all of us, you know. Don't know anything different. I'm sure if we were there year round, um, tensions would probably get higher and, yeah. you know. But yeah, yeah, it works out good. You get a fresh start every spring. Get a fresh start every spring, yep. Yeah, and at least there's always light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you're going to close oh, for sure. at some point and yeah. get some time yep. off and go ice fishing. Right. Yep, yep. We know sometime in the middle of September to the end of September, we know it's, Getting close to that time again. Once all our, all of our, uh, our helpers in high school and college start going back to school and and getting back into those roles, it's, we know it's time to kind of pull the pin. And there's not like a giant hierarchy. I mean, I know there's different roles to play, um, but I'm guessing everybody can kind of handle everything. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. Where you're not fighting over status or anything inside the business oh absolutely not no it's all we're all kind of a team and and uh we just all make it work everybody knows what has to be done yep. um on a daily basis and it's it's easy just to kind of show up and and if i know what needs to be done and you know what needs to be done it's it just works you know so with a business that's been open that long do you build long-term relationships with suppliers um for your things or is that stuff kind of constantly changing um you know, previously, pre, I want to say pre-COVID, uh, but, you know, a few years leading up to COVID, I kind of noticed more suppliers, you know, cycling in and cycling out. Um, we do have a couple of suppliers that have been with us for a long time, yep. and I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. But uh, that being said, it, it seems a lot more prevalent now for different sales reps to come in and, you know, hey, I'm going to make everything great and we're, you know, we're going to give you the best price. And and it just seems like it works out for a month or two and then things kind of start to slide and then pretty quick, oh, this is our new sales rep now from, 
the same company. And yeah, and then Russ has got to toss him into the walk-in freezer. Got to wring his neck a little, work him over a little bit. <laughs> That's right. Well, get the gotta, prices down. You got to keep those guys honest. You know. That's you gotta, right. You got to fight for every inch. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, fun fact: Nate, co-host of this show, yep, worked at the restaurant. I did. I probably put in. Three years, three summers. I, yeah, or something? that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, that was just a blast there. RG's grandpa Dale was just the best to work for. A, just a comic, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. always funny. Russ was Russ was stern for sure, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but but Dale was always there to keep it light. So that's uh, one thing I was always jealous of was the dynamic you guys had there, because there was a lot of people that w- would come back every season. Oh, for sure. For Whether sure. you're talking Nick or JJ. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it was fun to see um, you know, those guys are older than than we are, but they're not they're not so much older that we can't really relate to them very very much. I think right. uh, you know, kind of our core group of friends kind of looked up to guys like that because they were kind of the the older, cooler guys, you know, hey, who are we going to buy our beer from this weekend, Right. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so that's one thing is um one employee JJ moved on to start his own bar. He did, yeah. He bought uh, Bro's Bar up in Ellsworth, and he's been doing that for, for quite a few years now. Do you think that was inspired <clears throat> by working at the restaurant? Uh, it very well might have been, yeah. I've never really kind of cornered him and talked to him about it, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if that uh, if that led him down that path, so to speak. Because it's not like that was a family business or anything. Correct, I yep. mean, he's a first-generation owner of yep. a bar. Yep, yeah. yep. Seems like he does really good there, too. Like a lot of his food stuff might have come from. Yeah. Yep. I know when he first bought the bar, they didn't have any food. You know, I think they had the frozen pizza type of deal going on and peanuts and pretzels type of stuff. But he definitely, uh, he definitely gave the bar a facelift inside and out, um, cleaned the place up and has a full kitchen now, uh, does fish fries on Fridays and the whole, you know, bingo every week and, He's got he's got quite the good thing going on, and it's a, a clean place, a fun place to hang out, and yeah, yeah. That's Bros Bar up in Ellsworth. If you guys want to check it out, um, he's also he keeps up to date on his Facebook page. So if you want to see the events they've got going on, or what they're even what they're serving for food that night, what the special is, he updates it a lot. So check him out up there. Does he ever still put in hours at at the Heights? Um, the past I think the past couple of years he hasn't. I know uh, he got married, um, uh, built a shop and a house, and bought some land, and and kind of took over the role more at the bar. And I think it got to be, you know, enough for him where it was tough for him to come back and help us out too much. I there's no doubt in my mind if I called him and said, "Hey, I need help next Friday night for two hours," he would be the first one at the door ready to go. Yeah, he's totally that kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, he was probably putting hours in there just for fun, kind of, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there towards the end, yeah. Yeah, as the bar kind of ramped up and he ramped down at the restaurant, he was, yeah, he was definitely coming to hang out. And, and I'm sure he was, I'm sure he was picking dad's brain and, and grandpa's brain on kind of how he should set things up there. And, yep. Yeah. That's so much better when you can build like a fun culture inside a business like that. For sure. I mean, that's what keeps people coming back. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's fun to see, uh, fun to see our employees as they come up through high school out of high school into college you know leave college and go on to their their dreams and hopes um you know jason's running bros bar and i don't know if you guys remember ryan yep. he he started uh 
uh, Hager City Glass. Excuse yep. me. So yeah, they've they've done a huge business up there. And, I, d- uh, I drove by there the other day, and it looked like they had fifteen fleet vehicles up there. Oh yeah, yeah, they got. They must quite, be just smashing it. Yeah, from from where they started, um, they started right across the street from us in just a little tiny like garage size space. Yeah. Um, graduated out of that into a little bit bigger building. Yep. And here, just a few years ago, they actually bought an old school and completely filled the school with their business, their offices and storage and. And uh, like Nate was saying, the fleet vehicles now, I, I don't know how many employees he has. And it's uh, Ryan and his brother, Corey, that uh, do everything. And they've built quite the quite the empire, so to speak, as well. So it's cool to see uh, kind of where everybody starts and how they climb up through the ranks through our place. And Maybe sometime we drag them into the studio and yeah, absolutely. see how they built that. Yeah, it'd be interesting for sure. Yeah. What do you got for talent this year? Got some young bucks, RJ. We we always got young bucks. Yep, yep. Are you We're, asking Nate because you want to go back slapping chicken, <laughs> dude? I would in a heartbeat for yep. sure. That place was awesome. It was, uh, a, it was a lot of fun. I don't know that job you got now with the office chair and the it's it's cushy for yeah, sure. The yeah. masseuse and everything you got. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, you're you're back to basics if you come to work for us, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we put when we talk about Nate, we put work in air quotes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> working hard or hardly working. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Definitely hardly yeah. work. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so this is kind of this is still on topic, but it's a totally different gear. They um, there's a lot in the news about uh, the bird flu this year. Is that something you guys are worried about there, as far as supply? We are we are concerned about it. Uh, we do know about it. It's in the back of our minds. I can't say that I've heard too much from our suppliers about it yet. I know. It's only a matter of time before that is their next excuse. Um, you know, as you guys know, COVID's kind of run its course now and kind of flowing downhill. So now I think it's going to be the next, you know, oh well, no, the bird flu. We got to charge you more for chicken now. Yeah, cause you know. cause of shortage. Right. Insert excuse here. And that's right. how you guys make all that money up there is by creating bird flus? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the case. How did no. you release it? Airborne, <laughs> airborne. Yeah, yeah I've got a, a I've got a friend up north that they run two long barns. They've got a ton of chickens, and uh, you know they're kind of contracted by Tyson. Sure. But he um, he said that if they find it, you know they're not going to find it in their flock. But if they find it within a five mile radius in you know somebody's backyard duck herd, that they um, that they'll wipe out every bird within five miles. That's that's what I've heard. It's it's a pretty serious deal. And he said, "Just head, you know, I'll give you a call. Just head on up, and we'll you grab as many of them as you can possibly fit your pickup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fill yeah. the truck. Up. We'll have yep. a butchering party before they <laughs> smother them all. Didn't yep. this kind of make around like five, six years ago too? It did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think I remember. And did that. you do you remember an impact from that at all? I I don't remember a major impact. I can I can check into it a little bit more, but I don't remember it being a huge a huge deal. I, I mean, do, how it, how far ahead do you think these chickens are frozen? Uh, not far. Okay, so not they're like they're all. coming off the farm. You're seeing them in a week or two. Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay. for sure. At the yep. most. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's not like they're, I mean, yeah, if they wipe out chickens, you're gonna feel it almost instantly. Yeah, it's a matter of days. Yeah, from from but, butchering to our door fresh, um, never frozen. Oh, they're. I didn't understand that. Yeah, but that's yep. why you're here. Correct. Yep. 
to explain these things to me. I'm not a restaurant entrepreneur. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that a word? Did I coin that? <laughs> yeah, I think we should put that right restaurant in the dictionary. Entrepreneur. <laughs> yep, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, but I'm guessing that there's quite a pool of chickens they can pull from if they got to kill a couple barns off in there, the Midwest yeah. somewhere. Well, and that's the thing. I think a lot of these... Um, large bird farms are in close proximity to other bird farms. You know, I, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I don't see them being, you know, a farm here. And then you go 20 miles down the road is another farm and another 20 miles, another farm. I think it's kind of, they're kind of clustered, so to speak. I asked him if we could just start some sort of underground chicken speakeasy. Yeah. We could just raise chickens underground. We could run them like moonshine in the back of an old coop. That would make a little noise back there, but I think you could get away with it. I mean, you won't be worried about breaking them. No. No. Right. Because <laughs> guess what? If you kill a chicken, you know what you got? Chicken. You still got chicken. <laughs> you got chicken. It's just more delicious. That I mean, way. you just got to eat it sooner. <laughs> right. You don't got to run as fast to catch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. So chicken's not all you serve up there, RJ, but it is one of the staples Definitely or the staple. It is a staple, yeah. So that's, that's um, broasted chicken. It is broasted, yep. Can you explain to a layman um, the, the difference in... Uh-huh. chicken cooking techniques so the roasting process is deep fried under pressure to put it very simply so you're still is. frying in an oil just you're yep. cooking it under pressure and Correct. what does that does that cook it faster uh it does cook a touch faster and it does lock in much more moisture inside the bird itself mm. um you know crispier skin moisture bird uh tastes better yeah it's just all all around better than deep yeah. frying, in my opinion. Was that was that what it was when the restaurant opened? Ooh. I mean, has that technology been around that long? That technology's been around for a long time. Um, I'm no expert in that technology. I don't know when they first opened in the '60s if that was their main staple. That's a good question. Yeah, it seems like when you probably started the business, it was probably grasping at straws and what what you should do there, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they figured it out, roasting chicken. Yeah, they got it down. That sounds um, dangerous. Co- cooking under pressure. Cooking hot oil under pressure. Yeah, there's there's an inherent amount of danger there, I guess. There's some um, training involved in running one of them broasters. Oh well, you know, you just you got to be careful. You can't, uh, you know, go sticking your hand in the oil or anything. It's you know, a lot of common sense goes into the industry, but is that what happened to your face? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's genetics. <laughs> So <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, that was a horrible. Uh, if joke. I remember right, I want to say like twelve or thirteen minutes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right around yeah. twelve minutes. Yep. Okay. Uh, the machines we have run, we can run sixty pieces per load in twelve minutes. Um, we've got four machines in total, so you're you know podcast math here, but yeah, two hundred and forty yeah. pieces every twelve to thirteen minutes if we're you know full tilt running. 100 miles an hour as fast as we can go. And how often is that, do you think, that you're just right on the edge? That's only a couple times a year. Um, generally, Mother's Day is our busiest day of the year, and uh, for that day we will have all four machines running. Because nobody wants to make their wife cook that day? I guess, yeah. Well, that's the that's the one day where the you know the father has to cook. So, hey, we're getting takeout. We're going out. Yep. We're doing it. Yep. Do you think there's... We talked about your opening soon. I got to imagine there's a a technique with a soft open where nobody knows you're going to open so you don't just get overrun with customers. Yeah. um, It's nice for that, like, first day to not be totally swamped. Um, 
day two will be swamped because oh, yeah. as soon as the word gets out, it it sure seems to spread like wildfire. Yep. Yep. Um, so we try to. We don't always know exactly what day we're opening. Like I say, it, it's kind of weather dependent and health dependent, and uh, you know Easter kind of floats around. So maybe you guys can explain that to me. But um, yeah, so we try to if we are open before Easter, uh, we generally close on Easter day. So okay. yeah, gotcha. So we try to shoot for you know close to Easter touch after easter so we don't have to close otherwise every every day all summer long 11 a.m to 7 p.m and um i don't know if you've got an answer for this but i mean the drive-in is almost a destination for some people what do you think feeds into that i mean is it uh you know maybe they are from the area when they were kids and they ate there uh and they or maybe they're motorcycle riders or even like uh even uh you know convertible classic car drivers that want to take a trip down the river road yeah yeah i think the i think uh with kind of the layout of our building and how everything is kind of set up with the drive through and all outside seating and picnic tables and the you know the big covered canopy you can sit under um i think it's a lot of nostalgia so to speak of uh there's really you know not too many drive-in drive-ins open around around uh anywhere really anymore i know a lot of them are are uh, closing up and shutting down and and uh it's nice to be one of the one of the few remaining kind of original uh places yeah because there's a lot of people that come from all around just to go there basically. for sure i mean it's the point of their trip and yeah. It, yeah and and in super great condition like some of the drive-ins you see there oh they're pretty r- rough yeah. yeah yeah yep yep yeah and this one's up kept how much of how much of what's there right now is original uh the building itself is original oh cool um there was a couple minor basically additions to the building um not not huge additions they're they're pretty small little bumps out bump outs um you know we need just an extra five feet on this wall and that sort of deal but uh you know obviously the uh, the outside cooler is has been updated and uh how yeah about, how about the canopy a canopy structure the canopy structure's been there for as long as i can remember yeah i believe that was up from day one i can check into that too but yeah you know what's super cool about the restaurant too that i've always liked is that i think anybody that walks up to that window feels like they're an insider or like like a know, regular one of the guys yeah. no yeah. Hey, yep. 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 pretty personal um close up you know every it's a small building. I mean, you can walk up and look in the window and see everything that's going on. I mean, it's all right there, front and center. Yeah, that's a dynamic. Yeah, yep. You had to have that many people in that size of a building working that hard. Right. It's Yeah, you got to know how to maneuver. Yeah, everybody kind of gets their, here's your four square feet. Exactly, we're busy, yeah. you, you shouldn't have to move. Yep, everybody yep. kind of works together as a team, and it works out well. Yeah, so you can walk up and order. You yep. can drive through, or you can call in your order. Yeah, the call-in stuff is kind of hit or miss. Um, you know, as of lately, we've been definitely busy with our walk-up orders and drive-through orders, and you know, we get to a point where it just it just doesn't make sense for us to take call-in orders. We get you know, once we get so far behind, and I don't even want to say behind, 
once we get so much going, if we, you know, try to take care of the call-ins too, it just, you know, everything kind of dominoes and it just really slows everything down. And then, you know, we don't, we don't want you to call and say, Hey, I'd like food. And we say, yeah, absolutely. We'll see you in 20, 25 minutes. And you show up and, you know, wait another 20 minutes once you get there. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those deals. Definitely. If we're slower, we will answer the phone any chance we get, you know, during the week, there's a lot of folks around the area that work, um, you know, have a half hour for their lunch break. They'll call us up. Hey, this is what I'm looking for. Perfect. We'll see you in a little bit, you know? And, uh, but yeah, weekends, uh, nights, it, you know, once we get to that certain level of busy, we just, we can't afford to, to answer the phone. Yeah, I totally get it. You got to cater to the customer that's there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The guy that's standing there that walked up and ordered, you know, I'm not gonna, we can't make him wait, you know, an hour for his cheeseburger, you know, it's right. just, we're not yep. going to do it. Yep. Totally get that. Yeah. For, a, I mean, for a smaller building, I mean, you guys have a pretty full menu. Is there things that you, um, you add or take away or has it been pretty consistent it's been very consistent um i don't remember i don't know that i've ever seen menus from you know like the first 10 years but looking at the menus from you know 20 years ago 30 years ago 40 years ago uh there's not much at all that's changed everything is basically the same um year to year as far as i can remember back nothing's changed um, we've, we've had to make a few adjustments just for, you know, things that we can't get anymore. Sure. Um, a little bit different brands where, it, you know, if, if we can't get it, we can't sell it obviously. So, yep. um, a little bit of tweaking and twisting there, but otherwise, no, the menu stayed just like it is for a long time. I mean, it's one of these things where it's like, if it, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And every year we kind of discuss, oh, should we, you know, should we maybe take this off the menu? And as we kind of all discuss it, it's like, no, we can't, you know, there's just no way there's nothing we can really trim off the menu without, you know, getting rid of that experience for that person that, you know, I drive all the way over here and this is exactly what I want. And, you know, now you don't have it. What do you mean? You know? Yeah. Right. Um, I had another question to ask you, but I forget what it is now. It's Is it because you're old? You're forgetting? No, it's because I'm dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Yeah. The brains, they're in short supply. Well, I mean, you guys had to split one brain between the two. <laughs> that's right. right? That's yeah, right. Dude. We were like just snuggled in one egg. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, two people. Yep. Um. So, you know, we... I kind of like to dig into a little bit of the business stuff. Yeah. I'm not, as I said, not very restaurant literate. So basically the business model is you're, you're buying product or food from distributors. Yep. You cook it, you sell it. It seems pretty simple. It It is. Yep. It is. And, there, point. and do you think not having indoor dining, it uh, saves on a lot of overhead? Um, I would say it saves on overhead. Um, it definitely saves on employees. Um, oh, yeah. you know, true. if you kind of think about, we have basically our, our kitchen staff and a few people that kind of run the windows, but you could count those as kitchen staff as well. And we don't have to deal with, you know, a hostess and multiple servers and, um, yeah, right. It's almost a different business that way. Like yeah. you're talking about the nostalgia of the drive in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Still obviously a restaurant. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I love how you just boil it down to, <laughs> we're going to, we'll buy a product and we'll yeah. cook it and we'll I sell mean, it. it. It's, simple. It's that simple. Anybody could yeah. do it. I mean, <laughs> Anyone yeah. could do it. It's like a lemonade stand, <laughs> yeah. you know. Just on scale. That's yeah. all. So in the business of buying food, cooking it and selling it. Yeah, easy. Also known as a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> um you got to deal with health inspectors. Oh, the big scary <laughs> is that a health thing? inspector. Is that a thing? That absolutely is a thing. Yes. What do they want to know? Uh, they want to know that you are cooking things correctly, holding things at certain temperatures, um, keeping a, a obviously a, a clean establishment, um, rotating your stock, keeping up on, on when everything comes in, when it goes out, and what was done in between. It's... Uh, you know, how for is, us, it's been super easy. How is that cataloged as far as like when stuff comes in, when stuff goes out? Is it computerized? Are you guys just uh, sketching it on the wall? It's all, yep. Everything, everything gets labeled um, oh, and okay. gets put away. So it's, it's, it's fairly easy with our system, the way we have it set up. We definitely don't have anything on a computer. When do you guys take deliveries? Uh, we take deliveries just about every day of the week from different suppliers our main supplier shows up on tuesday and friday um with our chicken uh twice a week all summer long and yeah a lot of our frozen stuff we get from them and our fresh stuff we get from them um a couple different distributors for paper goods and and uh other things so yeah and now is that tricky if you guys are really hustling and bustling to try to get somebody to break away to take that delivery label stuff put it away so fortunately, um, our main suppliers have definitely worked with us and they show up early enough that we're not open for business yet, which there's a, a handful of times where they, you know, can't make it or something comes up where they have to do a late drop or, or something similar, but usually we can, we can manage those hurdles. All right. Uh, but for the most part, everything comes in, you know, six thirty to seven in the morning and oh, okay. everything's all put away and taken care of and. And ready to go for 11 o'clock. Yeah, I suppose you want that stuff ready to go in the morning, not halfway through the day. Like, yeah. hey, just hang on. I'll, I, I think the chicken's going to be here soon. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Then I'll throw you a piece in. Yeah, right. And there's a lot that goes into it. You know, a lot of people don't think about, well, they're open 11 to 7, you know. So somebody shows up at 1030 and turns the light <laughs> switch on. Lights and, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, flips the open sign. And, okay, we, let's go. Uh, you let's know, do it. We're open. There's uh, uh, quite a bit of prep work that goes into it. And, uh, yeah. Does, does some of your staff, obviously you and your sister and your mom and dad probably have more certification in some of this stuff? Um, as far as the, like the safe serve certification, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so we've got my mother and father, myself and my aunt, uh, we go to training every, every year, every other year, depending on what the, the new law, you know, they change everything so often, but um, we do, all four of us are recertified every chance we get, um, to get the updated information and, um, you know, any given day, there's at least two of us, you know, there from open to close the entire time. So, yeah. Yeah. That was one of my questions was, um, if you're required to keep up on certs certifications for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That makes sense. And that's part of the, I know it's not formally a trap by the government <laughs> but oh boy it's uh, like, oh boy like starting a small business as 
we did there's there's no handbook to it there's no there's no uh rule book right so it's like hey you know start your business and we'll come see if you're doing it right yeah <laughs> you know, type okay. of deal. i see yeah. what you're saying yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying like it's not set it's not supposed to be like we're gonna catch it but it feels like that right. sometimes right well it was it's like the irs thing you know you, you do your taxes every year and it's they have all the information and they know what it needs to be, but you, you can't ask them, you no. know, yeah, what I need you to do, do it right? you know, yeah. is this right? Is that right? No, you just do all your paperwork, send it in. And if it's wrong, uh, you're going to jail. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, right, right. You guess, and then we'll check. <laughs> right, right. Yep. Yep. So you're getting all ramped up right now. What does that entail? Uh, that entails cleaning everything top to bottom, inside and out. Um, you know, double and triple checking all of our equipment, all of our machines, all, you know, just everything, any minor maintenance stuff that might've come up over this winter in our off season or stuff that was, you know, starting to cause issues last fall, right before we close, we definitely want to triple check and, and make sure everything's up and running and, and functioning. And, and, uh, like we said before, you know, the first day we open is going to be all right. But after that, we got to hit the ground running because the people are going to be lined up and, and ready. So, yeah. And that's, um, like a, whether you're a business owner or your family owns a business, I consider it more of a, like a, a full and a half time job because first of all, we're talking about, you know, taking deliveries, you're talking about ramping the restaurant up in the morning, getting everything ready. Plus you're working the actual job of right yeah the feeding physical. people yep, yep but guess what you still gotta you still gotta take the trash out at night you still gotta mow the grass oh yeah at the restaurant <laughs> yes and yep. you still gotta keep your drive through looking good right and you still need to make sure all the mechanics of the of the business are working yep. and that's not something you get to do during business hours right so it's like uh i always say it's um you, you know you're working in the business and then after that you're working on the business Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. So there's a ton of time that you stick into something like that. Um, but it seems to be going well for you guys. Yeah, it's going, it's going great. Um, no complaints out of me. Everything is, is a fairly fine tuned, well oiled machine. And, and we have a wonderful staff and crew that we've had for many years. And, and we cycle through the younger generation every few years, you know, three to four years. Usually we can get out of somebody and then they're on to bigger and better and greater things. And we hope we can get them a, a good leg up on that to start with. Yep. Now they say um, family businesses, when they change a generation, are only 30% likely to succeed. Oh, sure. Um, and I think I contribute your guys' success to how hard you work, your dad, your mom, your sister, your whole family, how hard you guys work on that business. Do you think there's anything else that's contributing to the success, like ongoing success after it uh, changed hands? You know, I don't, I don't think so. I think you kind of hit it right on the head. Um, you know, we all, we all grew up in the, in the same restaurant doing the same thing summer to summer, back to back to back everything just kind of works and it's you know it's hard to fail if you have the right training the right upbringing the right work ethic the yeah. right drive you know you gotta yeah. you, you can't just walk in and and say oh this is gonna be great everything's gonna work perfect and i you know can just sit back and cash yeah. a check you know it, like I'm, you, you gotta put the time in yeah it's not like you're thinking i'm well i'm just guaranteed a job all i gotta do is show up 
Oh, right. Absolutely. No, and being raised in it, you kind of see how hard everybody's got to work to keep that thing rolling. Yep. Um, I had something else on the tip of my tongue there. What do you think it was? Take a shot, Nate. Yeah, you were going to ask RJ. <laughs> to refill your Jameson and <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Glass was empty. Uh, oh, we were talking about hard work there. I was just thinking the other day I was driving around. You were thinking about maybe doing some hard work someday? <laughs> I was thinking about maybe lacing up my work boots. Hey, not a bad Ooh. idea. Just kidding. They don't have laces. They're I slip-ons. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Nate loves slip-on boots. He's all about that ankle support. Ankle support. You got to oh, have gosh. it. I work on flat surfaces, dude. Well, yeah. when you're seated. You yeah, when you're just, yeah, when you're just sweeping day. all day. I mean, yeah. so you mispronounced it. Sleeping. Oh, yeah. Oh, sleeping. Yeah. yeah. Sleeted. But I was kind of just cruising around and noticing... Have you seen the like the uh, videos? Whether you're talking TikToks or Reels or whatever Facebook calls it, um, they're like short clips, and it's a dude that just ambushes somebody in a nice car, and he's like, "What do you do for a living?" Oh uh, yes, I am familiar. So I was driving around thinking of that because I was, you know, saw a nice pickup or something, and I'm like, I wonder what he does for a living, and I think you'll find just about any profession, but I think the common thread is that they've worked hard. Absolutely. Like, like no matter what your job is, if you work hard or whatever your business is, if you work hard, you're going to um, achieve some level of success. For so sure. I don't think it's always like, I don't think it's a profession or a career uh, specifically. I think it's hard work that really, really puts that together. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I'd like to see some TikToks and Reels and um, similar situations, but I want to see... Out in the woods, out in the backcountry, yep. uh, not downtown L.A. or New York. And, you know, maybe don't go up to the Lamborghini. Go up to the 98 Chevy rusted out pickup yeah. and say, hey, what do you do for a living? You know, I yep. think I think you'd be surprised at the guy driving around a pickup like that and his overalls is maybe worth more money than the guy driving around in the Lamborghini. Oh, for sure. You know? He definitely has less debt. Yeah, that truck is for paid sure. for. Yeah, yeah, yep. absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a $60 wallet with $10 in it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so working hard, that'll get you somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever ends badly. No, I think some people definitely get the short end of the stick no matter what they do or how hard they work. That's just the, you know, the the roll of the dice you get. Yeah, the hand um, you dealt. I see a lot of people that are in very high positions that make very high incomes and seem to have all the toys and the bells and the whistles. And you sit down and have a conversation with them and go, how do you tie your shoes in the morning? You know, and how did <laughs> yeah, you get yeah. to where you are? Who ties you know? your shoes? It's uh, pretty amazing to see the different walks of life. But I think no matter what, if you put the time in the effort and the work to do it, uh, you can accomplish anything. Uh, me and Nate were talking about some leadership stuff the other day. Um, do you find yourself thinking about leadership when you're, um, you know, helping some of these kids learn the trade? I can't really say I think about it. Um, you know, the the self perspective, I guess, is a a tricky one. I would say. Yeah. Um, I would like to think that I'm a, I'm a average to better than average leader but uh i guess you would have to ask somebody that i'm leading that question 
I think it would be skewed if I gave you an answer. Yeah, they'd look real nervous and be like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, really yeah. good. He's the best. He's great. Yeah, don't maybe, hit me again. <laughs> maybe ask him when I'm not in the room, I guess. Yeah, right, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you think uh, your your leaders were coming through? I'm talking about senior. Senior. Senior, <laughs> senior and grandpa. Yeah. Because yep. you're a junior. I am a junior. RJ. We yes. I don't think we announced that. RJ stands yeah. for Russell Jr. Yeah, yep. you nailed it. It's not Rick James. Nope. Could be, though. Rick Jameson. Ooh. That's better. <laughs> Richard Jameson. So <laughs> let me, uh, this is so totally off topic, but if you're a junior, you don't share a middle name? Yes. If you're a th- th- second or third, you have to share a middle name, right? If you're, well, uh, in my circumstance, I'm a junior and I do share the middle name. Oh. Ah. So, what, what? I mean, what, what? How do you decide if you're no rules. Our, if you're Russell the second or Russell Jr. Uh, status status I yeah. yeah I think if you live if, in a castle if you're you have a marble or third. yeah if you have marble floors I think you're a second I think they had marble floors I think I remember <laughs> that too they had the first seventy five inch TV in Red Wing I think oh, <laughs> that thing was shipped in its own container from <laughs> Taiwan. <laughs> I think I remember Russ uh, reinforcing the floor when they put that in. With them steel beams. That in. wasn't a fl- <laughs> and that was was right no flat screen. <laughs> they had to put the steel beams in the basement right through RJ's bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, sorry, your room's getting smaller, Junior. Yeah. Yep, yep. That beam's going to run right through the heat run, too, so we're just <laughs> yeah, going to block yeah. that off. We're going to cut that out. Here's some, uh, here's some <laughs> hand warmers. Just yeah, yeah. shake them when you get cold. Yeah, we, uh, we were talking about Russ Sr. as a leader. Yeah, I think he's a great leader. Um I think he has a little bit different style than most of the other um, leaders that I've worked with in the off season. And like I say, maybe that's because I'm his, you know, his son and, you know, I'm seeing it a little bit differently, but um, I think he's got a great teaching style. It's a, it's a sink or swim type of deal. You know, you're, you're getting thrown in the deep end. You, you figure it out. And if you need help, we're there to help you. And if you don't want to figure it out, then, there's the door. Yeah, you, uh, you can give them a chance, but if if they're not willing to learn, yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta want it, you know. Yeah, because you don't want to get to a point. I mean, you definitely want to coach up your staff and help them as much as you can, but you don't want to get to a point where you're pouring a ton of time into somebody that doesn't want to learn. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And if they don't want to learn, I you know it's it's not worth our time and investment of of really putting in all the effort for somebody who who could care less, so to speak. And that's another thing in your industry and in um, in the gymnastics center that we have is that um, it's usually uh, uh, you know the staff's a little younger. They're maybe looking for a job over the summer before they go back to school. Um, so how is turnaround up there? Uh, turnaround's decent. Um, these, you know, the past few years, it sure seems like less and less kids are working and more and more are not working. Um, you know, kind of the other problem we run into there is we try to be extremely flexible with everybody's schedules. We realize, Hey, you have a family, you have school, you have your extracurriculars and all of those should come before your job as a high schooler. Agreed. Um, now, that being said, usually the the kids that are gung-ho, hey, I need a job, but, you know, I'm done with school for the summer. I want to make some extra money. I want to, you know, get a leg up on all my peers. Those are the kids that generally are in, 
football, hockey, soccer, tennis, uh, the choir, band. So their schedules are definitely um, full, but we do the best we can to work around that, and uh, hopefully you don't miss out on too many things. Yeah. Well, RJ, I think we've pretty much reached the limits of our brains. It's been fun, though. Fun catching up. It's been a great time. I appreciate you guys having me on here, and I look forward to all the other interesting people you're going to have on and uh, seeing where this thing heads. I'm, it'll be pretty cool to cool to see who you guys get in here. And Yeah, could be a fun ride. But before we uh, get out of here, where, uh, where can people find some information on the restaurant? Um, Hager Heights Drive-In is the name of the restaurant. It's in Hager City, Wisconsin. Uh, you should be able to find everything on Facebook. We don't have a website or a Twitter or an Instagram or anything like that. Everything we have is on Facebook. You can find us there, private message us there. Um, yeah, we're open every day, 11 to 7. We open up sometime in April here, and we will go through the middle to end of September, generally speaking. So we look forward to seeing everybody. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming in, RJ. Yeah, thanks, RJ. Hey, this has uh, this has been the Just the Two of Us podcast. Uh, if you like the show, if you think RJ's interesting, let us know. <laughs> and if you like it, you know, share it with your friends. That's how these things uh, make their rounds by you guys uh, by by you guys putting it out there. Um. So until next time, yeah, we'll catch you later. See you then.